It's the Score North Twin Show. Oh, the floodgates, or I guess I should say the gas gauge on the hot stove. Wide open right now, boys. Oh, yeah. Careful. Yeah. We thought hot stove season was late November, early December. It turns Mm -hmm. out it was just a random weekend in February. So, uh, yeah, the Twins, once Jorge Polanco was traded, it kind of opened up like a transaction pipeline here. So the Twins... Add Carlos Santana over the weekend, gentlemen. A longtime twin killer in many ways, too, in the division for a while. Carlos Santana is about to turn 38 years old. He signs a five and a, like a five and a half, five point two five million dollar one year deal, which also includes some performance incentives. So we've got that. We'll react to that. Judd has five geriatric twins players who did work out well when they were brought in. Mm-hmm. Much like Carlos Santana, and then we'll give you a TV update here. But uh, just your initial impressions on switch hitter and first baseman slash DH Carlos Santana joining the Twins. I actually like this move a lot. I, I don't see what the downside is. Um, th- this is a guy who has absolutely positively tortured the Twins. But you know what? He remains a productive player. And, and as we'll get to in my list, this franchise has a history of bringing in guys who can be productive. The thing that really stood out to me after the um, after the news broke, by the way, congratulations, Darren Doogie Wilson, scoopmaster extraordinaire, broke Whoa. this news on Friday while I think at the Timberwolves game with his son's basketball team. Yep. So good, good for Dukes, great scoop. But the thing that stood out to me after Dukes broke this was uh, the fact that Carlos Santana remains an incredibly viable first baseman. Like, he can DH, he can definitely platoon, but the fact is you are probably getting a better first baseman uh, when he does play there than anyone the Twins have had to offer there in recent vintage. So there's a lot to like here, and I think as far as, like, the risks go, I guess somebody would have to tell me if there's some, like, hidden risk here. And I think he's a good clubhouse guy. And we've seen this before with, you know, a thousand percent. Nelson Cruz back in the day, right? So, yes, overall, I think it's going to be a very solid move uh, because there are expectations for this team, and I see Carlos Santana, unless he falls off a cliff, as being a positive addition to a team that expects to win. Yeah, he's a perfect platoon option, I think, at this point in his career. Like, he's not the on-base machine he once was at his peak of his powers with Cleveland. Like, he was drawing a ton of walks and always getting on base. Last year was more of a league average guy getting on base. But the Twins had a massive strikeout problem last year. Carlos Santana struck out in just 15% of his plate appearance. So he can still work a count. He might not get on base as much, but he can still work a count. And defensively, 11 defensive runs saved at first base last season. So he is a plus defender. Um, So between him and Kirloff, who has really struggled hitting lefties, Carlos Santana still productive against righties. And at one year, $5 million, uh, even if Carlos Santana completely falls off a cliff, there isn't much risk here. So I, I, I really like this signing. This is a solid little option. And yeah, and I think the clubhouse at, uh, layer two to this is also pretty big for them because, you know, having someone like that who has been to a World Series, the Cleveland Guardians almost won a World Series in 2016 over the Cubs. I think this is a pretty, pretty solid signing for the Twins. I mean, he. When you start to peel back the layers of this thing, yes. Like, let, let's start with the bad. He's going to be 38 years old, and 
at any given point, a 38 year old baseball player could just not have it anymore. Right. They just, their reflexes aren't the same. And when it goes over the cliff for baseball players at a certain age, it can be bad, but and Jeb will present a list of guys that were up against that age cliff and the twins did milk another year or two or more out of them right now. He's still valuable. In fact, like Declan alluded to the strikeout thing, there's multiple different categories where the twins have a weakness and Carlos Santana brings a strength. So strikeouts and just non-competitive at bats is one of them. The twins had, I think they broke the major league record last year, right? For team strikeouts in a season. They are, they are giving away more outs at the plate, put a ball in play once in a while and see what happens. Right. It just, if you, if you hit a ground ball instead of a strikeout one in every three or four times, it goes through for a hit. It moves a runner over. And so, you're right. He comes in with a really, really respectable strikeout rate. Another one, too, is just effectiveness against left-handed pitching. The Twins' offense was 19th in the major leagues, OPS against left-handed pitching last year. Carlos Santana, still very good against lefties. OPS over 800 last year, which is about 75 points higher than the Twins' OPS as a team against lefties. And then Declan mentioned, too, the plus 11 defensive runs saved. So the Twins as a team had the worst first base defense in all of Major League Baseball last year. They were a minus 10 defensive run saved for the season, which, by the way, is 20 runs worse than the teams at the top, like the Braves and the Giants. Carlos Santana was the best defensive first baseman in the entire league with that plus 11 defensive run save. Uh, I'll give you one more here, too. Oh, no. What a cliffhanger. Oh my God! For like, our, is this to be continued for our audio audience? Phil has uh, Phil's frozen right now on the screen. Yep. So well, he, what, what a little cliffhanger he was about to drop there. I wonder what you know. He's he's not as good as he used to be for sure. But yeah, to, to Phil's point and just the defensiveness that he defensive prowess he brings too. This is this is a next to no risk maneuver. This is a solid little solid little signing for the Twins. Get this too. His career. Against the Twins. Oh, yeah. 31 home runs, mm-hmm. 105 RBIs in 189 games, which which is remindful of, I forgot how bad Jim Tomey, largely as part of Cleveland, and then the White Sox, yeah. tortured the Twins in 196 career games. So only seven more than Santana's played against the Twins decks. Jim Tomey had 61 home runs and 156 yeah. RBIs. Car, I've always thought of Santana as a Twins killer. Oh, Jim, Tomey, Jim Tomey, Tomey, I forgot, just destroyed these guys. Tomey. 61 home runs. A-Rod, Griffey. Griffey was also a big-time yeah. Twins killer, uh, especially when he was in Seattle. Yeah, those those are yeah. good ones, too. And then one more, too. I'll get, uh, maybe this was the one Phil was going to go with. Uh, 98 career games just at Target Field. So you mentioned Carlos Santana being a overall Twins killer just at Target yep. Field. Uh, an on-base percentage of 354, a slugging of 453. This guy has made a productive, productive living just hitting at Target Field. So yeah, I mean, I get it. I gave you guys the the targets, and in fact, I had originally Carlos Santana on my yeah, list. Yeah, you left him out, and I crossed and I crossed him off, just thinking I don't I don't think this this will be on their radar. Turns out, as I'm, you know, a couple cocktails in by Friday night when Dukes drops the scoop, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about this move. But it's a Twins type of move, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it does. It feels like the Twins very much like to go to to this well of 
big name, not still great. Oh yeah. Potentially productive. And, and again, I will say this for an organization that at times has made, especially the Falvey regime has made questionable character decisions. Mm -hmm. Like they've brought in some real, some real schleps, some guys I'm not a big fan of. Right. Yep. Um, they also have been careful at times. And this, to me, this is, how, how can I put this? This is a real potential corner locker guy. You oh, know, yeah. the four corners, target mm-hmm. field, home clubhouse, right? Correa in one, you get your, you get your vets there. Um, this, to me, is like that. With a guy that's going to step in, he can lead from day one, he can show you and I like the fact, I, in fact, I love the, the fact that a guy who's going to turn 38 on April 8th is still this productive defensively. I yep. know it's first base, and I know the old thing is, ah, first base can't be hard. No. But Declan, we've seen it. God. We've seen guys be butchers there. And it's a terrible place to not be productive mm-hmm. because it becomes, because if you're not a good first baseman, it takes about one game to become glaringly obvious that there's going to be problems. Yeah, you you can't hide people at first base. You can hide people at second. You can hide people in right field, even to a little bit of a degree. But first base is this this one everyone thinks. I'll oh, just just put someone there that doesn't. No, no, no. You need you need some productivity there. Uh, absolutely. Uh, one more thing here before, and and this might just be a, a, a Judd and Declan scoring our twin show here. I don't know we'll if Phil's, list. Uh, Phil's yep. list is going here, but the Twins did make one other signing late last night. Um, they added another reliever to the bullpen and a guy named Jay Jackson. So Jay yep. Jackson last season uh, with the Blue Jays. Now he's 36. He was kind of a late bloomer. He all of a sudden finally popped up and pitched in a handful of games last season with Toronto. Um, he faced 116 batters last year, and he didn't make the playoff roster because I was wondering, was he on the playoff roster when the Twins? I don't, I don't believe he made their playoff roster, but appeared in about 25 games. I will say, in a small sample size of what he was able to do last season against 116 batters. Opponent slashed just 171. They had an OPS of 558 against him, and he had a whiff rate, that's right, whiff rate of 30% last season. That's a higher whiff rate than Griffin Jacks, than Louis Varlin, than Emilio Pagan, uh, even Justin Topo, who they just got. Duran's whiff rate is 35%. So... Look, this guy might even, he signed a major league contract, so I would assume he's probably still in pencil to be in the bullpen out of spring training. We'll, we'll see how everything shakes out. But this is also just another layer to their biggest strength, which is the Twins' bullpen. I don't think we have any real questions about how good the Twins' bullpen can be. And in fact, they're, they're going to definitely have to rely on it too, especially with still innings that are left on the board from Sonny Gray and Kenta Maeda. So Jackson was 3-1. and one. Uh, 25 games. I, I think he was an opener in one game during his career, but he has been out, out of the bullpen his entire career. His ERA in 2023 was 2.12, but his fit fielding independent pitching was 4.2. Yeah. Um, luck. I think what I think the bullpen now ha- has become also, because I was going through it this morning, a numbers game. Like they've just got a ton of depth there. Because this is what we've talked about so many times on Judd's Hockey Show decks. This is goaltending, right? Yeah. Like relievers Relievers, are just like this. You just don't know. So I think your best odds are to go for just depth. Because, you know, if Jay Jackson's great, awesome. If Jay Jackson stinks, okay, that's fine. Um, Topa, I think, is an example now. I think 
that he is certainly more accomplished than Jay Jackson's considered. Yes. But Topa's a guy that popped up at, what, 32? Mm-hmm. Like, he could easily go down. But if he does, you've got depth there. My opening day bullpen right now, Duran, Jax, Thielbar, Topa, Stamount, Varland, Jackson, and possibly Brock. like a Brock Stewart. I, oh, I, I would be shocked if Brock Stewart's not in their bullpen next year. He yeah. was pretty damn good. I know he battled some injuries, but he had a very good season, yeah. so he's definitely in there. Yeah, and games are getting shorter. Uh, start Starters are going shorter and shorter, and you, yeah, to your point, need depth in the bullpen. It's not the fact that they're going to have, yeah, this lights-out bullpen and everyone hits their 100th percentile. There'll be some regression. You know, does Caleb Thielbar fall off a cliff? Is Brock Stewart just a one-hit wonder? You need right. options. You need options here. So, yeah, I actually really like what, they, what they've what they done here in the bullpen. I do think that they need one more starter to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got five, but to what you brought up before, which is Sonny Gray's innings, mm-hmm. those aren't really replaced. Correct. And, and Paddock scares me. Like, if it works, awesome. But there's no way that he's going to step in. He's had Tommy John, what, twice now? Missed all, basically of last season until he came back in the playoffs. No way that opening day spring training, he can be expected to just step in and replace the innings that Gray gave you. So I would say if there's one place that I still think they probably need to make a trade, and it might not be for a guy who who we're blown away by. In fact, it probably won't be. But I would like to see them add another starter who who you say, you know what, this is at least going to help more. Because something's going, you know, guys are going to go down. Mm -hmm. Um, with Paddock, there's some un- unknown there. There's just a lot of things in the starting rotation, which was a strength, I think, in 2023. There's a lot of things about that that still scare me. If you're going to be a serious contender and, and, again, win a playoff series, I think you need at least one more starter. Yeah, that'd be the exciting part. They have a solid one, two, three, obviously, um, from Pablo Lopez into Joe Ryan into Bailey Ober. That's a, that's pretty dang good as, as it gets for one, two, three. But if you get one more, and especially if you get someone like big, you know, like if it's, if it's like a Blake Snell, which again, I keep throwing out there and I know that's the fun one. I don't think that's uh, going to be realistic or possible, but if you get Blake Snell, you're not just talking about winning a crappy division and going back to the playoffs. You're, you got world series expectations. You get the guy. You're right. What's that? I think you're right. So, so he, here's, here's my thing now. Um, I think you're right on Blake Snell, a guy like that being a complete no-go for the Twins because while they now know that they're going back to Bally's, um, they're definitely going to take a haircut. I've been told, so the, the report is that they made, what, approximately $55 million in rights fees last season. The report has been that teams like the Twins are going to take at least a 15% haircut. I've been told it's more. Because the one thing with Snell that I would say is if this was a normal TV situation, I could totally see Blake Snell for a year here. Um, but with what's going on now and with, with the fact that there was just, and I think it's been known, that there was going to be a significant cut in the revenue made through your TV deal, it's probably going to have to be a trade. And it's probably going to be a pitcher, again, that doesn't excite the masses. But I just think that you need one more guy to at least feel like you're giving yourself the best chance possible. Snell would be great because that would create a ton of excitement and be a great move. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the TV, the lack of TV revenue is going to allow that. So let's let's uh, go down this TV path here, too, because obviously the Twins, it sounds like they're going to go back to Bally's. They're going to go back to Bally again uh, for yeah. at least 2024. 
And I think the thing that probably upsets a lot of people, myself included, is it looks like there's probably not going to be a streaming option. Now, Bally's didn't have the Twins as part of some some Major League Baseball teams with Bally's do have streaming options. The Twins did not reach an agreement last year with them. They were one that were without them. So with no streaming option, this is basically the same situation the Twins have been in for the last basically year or two which is if you're not an Xfinity or if you're not a, I believe, satellite TV provider, you cannot watch Twins baseball games, which is... Fubo, right? Fubo, I believe, does have them. I think they have... They're expensive. Balance. They're pretty expensive, right. too. But that's about it. That's it. They're so so what else uh, can you tell us about the TV situation with the Twins? Uh, well, unfortunately, you're right. Like, I checked on Friday because the, the one thing is there's this perception, and I'll explain in a second. There's a perception... Uh, because there's an agreement in place that Amazon is going to come in and save the streaming day. So when I initially saw that the twins Bally's new agreement, um, which comes from a bankruptcy proceeding, but the twins contract was up, but the twins basically don't have a, like they don't have a set to go plan. So Bally's is going to be back. When I initially saw that report, I thought, okay, but what if Amazon comes in June or something and they can stream? Here's the problem. Amazon, all of the reports that, that you've read about the price that they're going to pay Dex, and it has to be approved by a bankruptcy judge in, I think, May or June. Well, it also turns out Amazon doesn't owe Diamond Sports Group, which is the parent company of what is called Bally's. And Bally's is only involved through a naming rights deal that I don't understand why they're still involved because it just makes them look awful. But anyway, um, it turns out Amazon doesn't owe Diamond Sports Group any money until July. Mm. And so the prevailing theory in baseball is there's a very good chance they're never going to see a payment because it's a free look-see for, for the Prime folks. So a- Amazon Prime gets months to sort of look at the books, to look at the situation, right? Good chance in baseball's mind that they're like, oh, screw this. We're out of here. So I think what we're stuck with and the Twins are going to take heat, and they deserve it. I think what we're stuck with is this. Another year of the status quo and streaming, probably not a realistic option at all until 2025 now. It's unfortunate. It totally sucks. Um, baseball as a whole needs to get its act together here. Yep. Like this is, and I understand the Yankees and Dodgers and Red Sox are like, hey, we're fine, we're cool, but this is ridiculous. This remains ridiculous. And the fact that people your age and younger who rely on streaming and direct to consumer content cannot get twins games is beyond crazy. And the twins are pissed off too, but the fact is they're also culpable. So yeah, where this stands right now, I I think that there is a half decent chance Amazon prime never becomes part of diamond, but here's the real conundrum too, Dex. So a few months ago before the Amazon component was announced, This whole thing was the expectation of this to all of the clients of Diamond, which in this town involves Timberwolves, Wild, and Twins, that Diamond was winding down, which means going out of business, which means we'll carry you for one more year and then we're out of here. We're done. So now you're forced to find your own way. Well, until um, if this Amazon Prime portion of the deal does work, Diamond does not plan to go away. They plan to stick around. They probably plan to stick around under a new company name and with 
with a new, I would guess, president. But the point is, it's become more confusing now. Yeah, totally. But for a baseball fan, short story, for a Twins fan, especially a Twins fan that wants to stream games, this is the worst news possible and flies in the face, unfortunately, of what the Twins and Corey Provost, when he got the TV job and talked about this, what they thought was going to happen. Have fun walking that one back. That's going to be a little brutal to do. Um, Judd, before we get to your list, let's let's close out with your list here of, of top five. I don't feel Phil's use geriatrics. I feel like that's a little offensive. Is that too offensive from Phil's point to use geriatrics, or is that about, about accurate there? Is that the right word accurate. to use? They're old. Well, I mean, they're old people for baseball okay. players. They're old men for baseball players. Sure. Uh, well, how about some old men that need to lose some weight? Or old women, doesn't matter. You can be anyone You're looking to lose some pounds here. It's, now it's February. Maybe you've fallen off the whole gym phase, but you're still looking to lose pounds. How should they do that, Judd Zolgat? They should do it exactly the way that I did a couple of years ago, and that is through our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who are going to help you, as Declan just said, drop the weight. And then most importantly, they're going to help you keep the weight off, receive a personalized and doctor-recommended program tailored to your unique needs, goals, and lifestyle. And here's the best news. What a deal. You get the first three months for free. Three months for free. Imagine that you've dropped several pounds. You're feeling great. You're looking great. And those first three months have been uh, free. Are you kidding me? And Livia also is now offering breakthrough weight loss medication options. It's this simple. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. That is how you are going to drop the weight and feel great for spring and summer. All right, man. Let's hear your top five list here. All right. Let's do this. i got to call my list up here on my my phone. And you get the baseball. Major League theme. Okay. And and, and Phil? Phil? Phil's out. We miss you. He's on the phone with his his provider. provider. We miss you, Phil. Okay. So what I am calling this, Declan, it's the top five twin signings of guys 35 or older, of course, in honor of the Carlos Santana signing. He will turn 38 on April 8th, okay? So I'm going with guys that came here and contributed. I mean, the the Twins have signed a lot of old guys who don't contribute. But once in a while, in fact, on at least five occasions, in fact, it's five, five and a half, honorable mention, Kenny Rogers. Yeah. If you recall, oh, Kenny yeah. Rogers, came, uh, in fact, I'll see if I can find it here in my notes. Uh, Kenny Rogers came here in his late 30s and contributed immediately. And so he is, uh, the Twins got to, to the playoffs. He'd been with, I think, Texas. This is 2003. Twins get to the playoffs. I think he pitched, I think he got one out against the Yankees. That that was it. So the contribution didn't extend into the playoffs. Pitched pretty well. But number five on my list, and this is a very short stint, okay, but very important. Don Baylor traded from the Boston Red Sox to the Twins on September first of nineteen eighty-seven for a player to be named, and that was eventually a minor leaguer who did not make it. Enrique, Enrique Rios. Here's the interesting thing: Don Baylor came here September first of eighty-seven on a team that eventually would win the yep. World Series. He played in 20 games in the regular season, so a very brief end-of-season stint. No home runs, six RBIs. In fact, he only had one home run as a twin, Declan, but it's one of the most memorable in franchise history. Oh, yeah. Two-run homer in the bottom of the fifth in game six against the Cardinals at the Metrodome, tied the score at 5-5, his only home run as a twin, and what I believe is the last day World Series game played. 
right. ever. Yep. But it was a Saturday afternoon at the Dome. Mm-hmm. Don Baylor, because of that home run at the age of 38, he was then released, I think, the following December. So he didn't spend much time here, but he made the most of it in that World Series. Hell, I mean, seven hits in that postseason run in the ALCS and World Series. So, yeah, a, a part-time player, a depth guy who ends up hitting, to your point, a very clutch home runs that helps extend their life in the World Series. And then, half yeah, was a really productive little postseason player. And you talk, like about a, you talk about a locker room influence. That man was yeah. intimidating. All right, number four. And the top four are really, really strong. Okay? Yeah. So this is competition now. Okay. Number four, Jim Tomey, age wow. 39, okay. he came here. Uh-huh. Signed as a free agent in January 2010, spent two years here. He had 25 home runs and 59 RBIs in 2010, slash 283, 412, 627, and in 179 games with the Twins that, of course, extended into the very disappointing 2011 series, 37 home runs and 99 RBI. He also became the eighth player in big league history while with the Twins, game in Detroit, to hit 600 home runs. That happened in 2011 at the age of 40. Jim Tomey, number four. And that might seem low, but because I was going to put him in number three until I got to this. Okay. Paul Molitor, age 39, season as well. Signed as a free agent. With the Twins in December of 1995, two seasons here. His final two. He got his 3,000th hit during that time. And in 1996, in that same season, had a league-leading 225 hits and drove in 113 runs and hit 341 in his age 39 season. Um, And then he slashed 312, 362, 4th, 32, 271 runs driven in, 38 stolen bases during a time where he was basically playing into his 40s, or he did. Paul Molitor is number three on my list. I guess the only thing that would have the tiebreaker for me with Tommy over Molitor, obviously the numbers probably still favor Molitor, but what Tommy was able to bring for that 2010 team, I mean, he got MVP votes for God's sakes, Tommy did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we all, when we saw that one, it was more of the, oh, I mean, this is a future Hall of Famer. And, you know, he looked like he was falling off a cliff. He went from Chicago to the Dodgers. And it was like, oh, this is tracking towards your classic geriatric random signing that's not going to contribute. Yeah. Turned out the dude puts up a thousand OPS uh, just hitting bombs and hitting memorable home runs in the first year at Target Field. So I would have these flipped, but I also wouldn't, I wouldn't fall on a sword for it either. Yep. And, and just uh, one Correction, Paul spent three years here. So he, he slashed 312, 362, 432 with 271 runs driven in and 38 stolen bases in three seasons that were played okay. essentially in his 40s. Can't go wrong there. Mm-mm. But number two, above both of those, I'm putting Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Nelson Cruz again arrived at his age 38 season, signed in January of 2019. He slashed 311, 392, 639, 41 home runs, and 108 RBIs. Uh, on one was the unquestionable leader of the 2019 Bomba squad. Played parts of three seasons with the Twins. Hit 304, 386, 598, 76 home runs, 191 runs driven in in 258 games. 
And then he was peddled in July of 2021 to Tampa Bay in a trade that brought back Joe Ryan. Yeah. Nelson Cruz is number two. At least with Cruz, and, and this wasn't the case with Tommy, and I couldn't really tell you about Molitor, and I know Molitor still was really productive when he was here, but there was still a ton left in the tank with Nelson Cruz. Like, he yep. was he was winning. He was yep. perennial all-star, always near the top of MVP votes. It was more of his presence and off-the-field spark helped a team that really kind of came down to earth in 2018 then popped up to win 100 games, right? Like, yeah. it was his presence on and off the field. He had a monster year. It's actually his one of it's tied for one of his best seasons ever, just OPS-wise, in 2019 at age 38 with the Twins. Uh, but there was still a lot left in the tank there. I, I don't believe... And that was only five years ago now. I don't remember us being like, oh, this is your classic, you know, former slappy. No. This was, this was, oh no, nope. this is still a really good productive player. But I, but yes, he delivered tenfold too on the expectation. I think it was um, when I got to spring training in 2020, but before the pandemic shut things down, I remember talking to Tommy in the, or to Tommy, I remember talking to Cruz in the clubhouse and I'm like, have you thought about retirement? I mean, could this be it? And he's like, oh, absolutely not. So, yeah, because Jim Tomey was a guy who was was coming off like that time, to your point, with the Dodgers, and that didn't go well. And so, yeah, that was sort of the end. And with Paul, we didn't know. But, yeah, Nelson Cruz, and, and the fact that Cruz came in to that team in 19, and I don't, and I mean, they didn't really have like a captain, right? No. At that point in time. And he just came in and was a corner locker guy was fantastic. If, if anybody ever got more from Sano, it was Cruz. So Nelson Cruz is number two, which leads to number one. So, uh, signed as a free agent February of 91. Signed as a free agent. He was 36. At least that was his age during the 91 season. He only spent a year here, but he has to be atop this yep. list. Black Jack Morris. 1991 regular season. Got off to a bad start. Ends 18 and 12 with a 3.43 ERA, 35 starts. Get this, 10 complete games. He had more complete games at the age of 36 than teams do now. Uh, in two starts in the American League Championship Series against Toronto, 2 and 0 with a 4.05 ERA. Um, in three starts in the World Series against the Braves, he started games 1, 4, and 7, 2 and 0, 1.17 ERA. Gave up seven hits, walked two, struck out eight in 10 scoreless innings, of course, in that legendary Game 7. So my top five geriatric twins, Jack Morris, Nelson Cruz, Paul Molitor, Jim Tomey, and Don Baylor, and one in five are largely because of World Series exploits, which I think carry a lot more weight. Yeah, so Jack Morris Jack Morris with the bullet at number one. That's that's no surprise there. You yeah. can't help it, right? No, not at all. Those are, those are good. That's a good list, man. Pretty solid list. Thank you. I Thank like you it. very much. And Kenny Rogers, shout out. Kenny, Kenny Rod- Rogers, the gambler. The gambler. Phil is uh, dealing with internet gremlins, so we did make it through this show. Uh, What's without... going on with the... Yeah. I'm... Knock on wood, I'm fortunate that I'm You're, still on here. It, a different provider. We won't mention providers here. Uh, one provider is working oh. out well for us. One provider in the city is not working out well, and that's the provider that Phil Mackey is uh, using right now. Oh, I thought but if Phil they, was on my provider. Nope. I did not know that. Nope, Phil is on uh, the provider I used to have, too, when I uh, lived downtown. So, And if they ever oh, want to okay. sponsor programming on Score North, we oh, will we're not naming fully names. endorse them. We're we not naming fully. names. We will, we will forgive and forget. Exactly. Uh, hit that subscribe button. We'll actually probably hit you with a couple more twin shows this week. The twins were on the grid over the 
weekend. We weren't able to get to that, and I know some fans uh, tweeted at us too. So we will probably get to a grid. We'll get to some other things as well. So uh, this is the score on our twin show. Thank you for listening.